His name was Seth Famrell. But that was the only thing he actually remembered. Apart from that, he had no earthly idea who he was, or why he was chained to a wall, nor why large, well-muscled men surrounded him. One thing he did know was that the large man standing over him, holding the bullwhip, appeared to be in charge. On your feet, Thamro. Your first match is coming up. You can sleep when you're dead, which, by the looks of you, will be shortly after your first match. The other men in the cell laughed, but quieted the moment Warden Bane turned his glare in their direction. Sir, can you tell me how I got here? And why I have a match? And what sort of match are you talking about? You really want to try my patience again, boy? No, sir. I honestly don't know how I got here. Why am I chained to a wall? All right, I'll play along. You, my friend, are a slave. I know this must come as some shock to you, seeing how blonde, lean and pretty you are. But this is what happens when you do what you did. And what exactly did I do? I can tell you what you will do. You will go out into that arena and you will die a gladiator. Assuming the men in this cell don't kill you first. (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, nobody kill him first. Wait, I'm a gladiator? I don't know how to be a gladiator. Why am I a gladiator? An older man standing nearby chose this moment to speak up. Boy, you're no gladiator. What you are is a young man who did a stupid thing that will die a quick death. Please, do not insult the rest of us by calling yourself a gladiator. You are fodder, nothing more. Cravex, were you asked to speak? I'm not sure I understand the question, Warden. Why don't you unchain me and ask me again? Keep trying me, and I just might. Do so. And I will shove that bullwhip so far down your throat. The next time you take a dump... Well, let's just say we'll have to redefine the way we use the word bull... I was the grand champion of this arena before I won my freedom, dog. Uh, You know, that story becomes bigger and bigger every time I hear it. There is an easy way to settle this, Warden. Come out of retirement and face me, if you have the stone. Apparently Mr. Cravex is feeling a bit feisty today. And since you seem to want to fight so badly, I'm going to grant you your wish. Assuming he doesn't get you both killed, I'll gladly take you on after that. (laughs) Don't worry, sir. I won't get in your way. I promise to not- Shut up, kid. The Warden left the holding cell as Cravex wondered what exactly he had gotten himself into. He looked the young man up and down and shook his head. What's your full name, kid? Seth Thamro, sir. And you don't remember anything about why you got arrested and sold into slavery? Nothing about why you're being forced to fight in the arena? No, sir. Well, the lump in your noggin might explain your memory loss. But how you actually got the lump is another question entirely. Can you fight? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Shut up. Throw a punch at me, kid. Famro closed his eyes, balled up his fist, and threw the most pathetic blow ever hurled by an arm. (sighs) Well, if you were aiming for the air next to me, you connected with authority. I've got a better idea. Can you hold a sword? 
Are you strong enough? I think so, sir. Good. I'll hold our shield. I'll deflect the blows from our opponents while you hack and slash. Sir, I've... I've never actually killed anyone. I thought you lost your memory, kid. Well, yes, sir, I did. Then for all we know, you've killed thousands. Let's go with that. Positive thinking. Samro nodded as the men chuckled at his expense. Meanwhile, Jenna Kiss and Captain Kronos of the Oslock Guard made their way towards the rural city. Ahead of them, however, the Jarl's Raven reached the king's advisors with news of the Onyx Dragon terrorizing Echo Village. When Jenna and Kronos arrived in the rural city, the king and his advisors were already discussing the situation. What would you have me do? Nothing? Of course not, Your Grace. Far from it. We just feel that a detachment of that size to deal with this beast leaves the royal city vulnerable should the beast descend upon us. Cowards. You only care about your own skins. Your Majesty, if that beast of death were to attack the royal city and leave us in the shambles that our reports from Echo Village are conveying, then our enemies in the surrounding areas would waste no time in attacking us. If that dragon attacks and kills us all, then it won't really matter what our enemies do, will it? I'm sending the detachment. I suggest you send emissaries to all our allies and enemies alike. The threat of a dragon may well unite us all. I've always wondered what ashes and bone would look like when united in a common cause. What treachery is this? You dare enter the throne room unannounced and uninvited? Calm yourself. Jarl Ranwolf's message spoke of this woman that he'd sent her here. I assume you have the scrolls bearing his seal as your evidence? I would not be standing here if I did not, Highness. The fact that you stand at all is an insult to our lord the king. Kneel before him and show the proper respect. Jenna and Kronos, who stood at her side, each bent the knee before King Peros, the ruler of Finn and most of the surrounding lands. The king bid them to rise with a gesture. A detachment won't be necessary to deal with this dragon, your highness. All I require is a small assemblage of your guard to accompany me to the mage's guild. Ranwolf's raven spoke of your plan to get assistance from Archmagus Lucian. I doubt he will assist you. I believe I can convince him, Majesty. Can you breathe life into a dead man's bones? Perhaps your powers will be of some use, Necromancer, because that is what will be required if you wish to be taught a reversal spell from the Archmagus. He's dead? Quite. He died this morning, I am told. Do we know the cause of death, Your Highness? I have men looking into it, Captain. Not that it would matter. The White Robes will have no dealings with Necromancers. Quite frankly, neither will I. The only reason I have not given the order to have your head put on a spike is because you may be the only person that beast won't attack. That is, if it is indeed Borrow Cain, as you have told the Jarl of Oslock. Yes, Highness, it is my master. Is there nothing I can say that will convince you to spare his life and allow me to reverse the spell? Magus Lucian is a dead man, which makes the reversal spell a dead option. Does it not? The Magus is dead, yes. 
But if I could gain access to his writings, any of his work, perhaps given time and assistance, I could find the necessary components to- And what would you have me do in the meantime, Necromancer? Wait patiently while your master destroys the kingdom? No. I will send a detachment and your master will die. Your job will be to distract the dragon while my men get the drop on him. And how do you know my master will not kill me? I don't. Nor do I much care. However, I might be more inclined to grant a pardon to you and your magical practices if you assist us and turn from those practices once your master has been dealt with. Respectfully, Highness, my master will destroy your army as easily as you or I might crush a gnat between our fingers. He's transformed into the very embodiment of a young onyx dragon. Because he is magical, he will age quickly, Your Grace. In the next seven days, give or take, my master will be a fully grown dragon capable of destruction the likes of which you cannot fathom. By then, of course, a reversal spell will be useless. The change will be permanent. The king considered her words. My answer is no, Necromancer. No? But I... I don't understand. I'm sure that not getting what you want is foreign to you. You're easy on the eyes, Necromancer. So one can only assume that men have given in to your whims for some time. I do not have that luxury, I'm afraid. Seize her. The king's guards arrested Jenna, taking her staff and placing her wrist in silver chains, rendering her spellcasting temporarily useless. Place her in the lower dungeons for now. When we have word on the dragon's whereabouts, bring her up. Your Majesty, the gladiators participating in today's games are in the lower dungeon. Are you sure this is wise, Your Grace? Far wiser than questioning my decisions, Counselor. The King's Guard took Jenna down to the lower dungeons. While they moved her, Cravex and Thamrel stood before the gate to the arena as they prepared to enter into their first and perhaps only match together. The creature they would be facing was called a Yivok. Yivoks were primarily seen in the northern expanses of Welkin and boasted thick hides and incredible strength. Male Yivoks generally stood between 6 foot 7 inches and 7 feet tall, weighing 300 pounds on average. And while no one had ever really measured the strength of a Yivok, there were countless eyewitness reports of warriors claiming that these creatures could bend a broadsword as easily as a man might bend a spoon. Cravex observed as the cell door opened and a woman wearing mage's robes was thrown inside. He had more important things to worry about, however, like his partner for this match. You're shaking, kid. Relax. Nothing more you can do except survive at this point. Or die. That's a Yivok over there waiting to kill us. No, kid. That's a Yivok over there waiting to be killed by us. If you don't believe in yourself, kid, then no one will. That creature's gonna die today. Say the words. That creature is going to die today. Say it like you mean it. That creature is going to die today. Suddenly the gate swung open, and the Yivok charged at our heroes, grabbing and slamming Thamro hard to the arena center. Ah! 
It was all Kravex could do to keep his shield up as the creature continued pounding away at them. He dared a glance backward towards his young partner, who seemed to be dazed, but coming around. When Thamro finally stood, something was different. His eyes flashed with a white hue, and he took a fighting stance that Kravex, a warrior of many seasons, had never before seen. You will die today. Thamro ripped his restraint from his wrist as easily as one might tear an old scroll in half. A flying leap and Thamro connected with a kick to the creature's midsection that sent it tumbling onto its back. The crowd gasped in awe, unsure exactly what they were witnessing. How had a man floored a beast of such strength with a single kick? Thamro moved quickly, grasping the creature by the neck, but was thrown backwards easily as the beast regained its footing. Thamro grinned, twirling the sword he held like he'd been born with it. He beckoned to the creature to approach him, and the Yivok charged. Suddenly, however, Thamro's eyes flashed back to normal, and he dropped his sword in the sand, fear gripping him and freezing him where he stood. Help me! Kravex leapt to his feet and intercepted the blow that was meant for Thamro with his shield. The creature's hand crumbled as it met with the steel of the shield, and its wail could be heard for several blocks. Kravex seized the opportunity, grabbed the sword, and stuck the animal through the belly, ending its night. Kravex looked back at Thamro with a smile. How... Uh, how did you do that? And more importantly, why didn't you keep doing it? How did I do what? Kravex suddenly understood how Thamro might have ended up in the arena by his side. There was certainly more to this young man than the naked eye could reveal. A fact that did not go unnoticed by Jenna Kiss, who was formulating a plan to save her master that, unbeknownst to them, suddenly involved the two victorious gladiators. 